The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. My family thinks I'm crazy. Podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah, so who are we talking about today, Matt? On this show, we've explored the alternative histories that once detailed this truly odd new world. Shoved from academia, these alternates are now being uncovered here yet again, and today we are strolling through yet another new avenue of obscured history. Today, the enigmatic noble of CFR Network joins me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast for a conversation about the African exploration and colonization of the New World and Western Europe. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with Noble. And let's go one further. We have in Ireland, in, in the Emerald Isle of Ireland, we have bab- mam- mummified baboons, which have been, and other animals as well, which are in a tomb, which the fables go that a queen, I can't remember who it was, it was a, a, some queen empress from Kemet's Egypt, came over to Ireland, and that's the burial tomb there is a a link with Ireland and Egypt you can traverse this whole plane of existence mark and you will find as you know as you you, you stumble across and think well what, what's that doing over there we had a, a a system of communication which we now like what we're doing now utilizing electricity and wires and stuff and quote-unquote technology we had the ability to communicate without this use of technology, i.e. telepathy and those types of capabilities. I don't think that's sci-fi. I, I think that's, that's, that's actual facts. Hey, 
Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, here we are on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, and I am very excited to have this guest on the show today. Joining me all the way across the Atlantic for the first time, he is the man behind CFR News and Sports, Sports and News. Did I mix that up? Let me redo that. He is the man behind CFR News and Sports. He is Noble. Noble, welcome to the show. How are you today? Wonderful, sir. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your your invitation. Very much looking forward to a edutaining and enlightening conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before we get to that, I should I should ask you because uh, Monica suggested that we get in touch, and you've listened to my conversation with Monica. But where where does this story start for you? I, I have some things to learn about you. When did you start your podcast? Okay, so <laughs> let's let's go into the old DeLorean. We've kicked Marty and Duck out, and we're going back to the year, let's see, probably 2011. Wow, okay. <laughs> Strapped well in. Before, yeah, exactly, Mark. This is well before that it was even called podcasting. We it was I don't even know what we called it telecast broadcast I don't even know what we used to call it but yeah we started off on a network which I don't think many people are going to know now only the old school guys the OGs something called Blog Talk Radio where in essence it's an internet radio hub where you can be a, a host and and this was mainly for the Americas because most of the dialing numbers would have been the American dialing codes, the 347s, the extra, you know, 713s, et cetera, et cetera. So you would start your show, open up the floodgates, and then if you wanted to talk to the host or, you know, add some 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 information or refute something, you press one, we let you in, and we have that open dialogue. It was a, it was a baptism of fire of sorts. It was a very interesting, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the internet's changed a bunch since those days. Wow, you're you're on the first years of podcasting back when it was still thought of as like internet radio. Yes, exactly. Wow, exactly. And what was? And I didn't, go ahead. Go on, sorry. Well, I, was I get- didn't necessarily understand what I knew what I was doing of sorts, and me being over in sunny Birmingham, I was the only at the time. I was actually no, I was one of one of two UK voices that was penetrating the international airwaves. There was a guy called Infinite Waters, which I think he's still around now, and I think he's actually migrated to YouTube. Yeah, Ralph Smart, Um, I know him. Yes. So it was literally me and him 
on you know on this huge network unfortunately we didn't get to collaborate but i definitely used to tune into his his his, his works and as i say it was a, a wide variety of so many different topics from you know and host as well because i didn't initially start my own podcast i used to co-host with many other i guess we'd call them podcasters now per se yeah sure sure so back then i mean i know a little bit about what ralph talks about actually you know Infinite Waters was a big inspiration and turnaround for me when I found Infinite Waters. I mean, 2011, I was still in high school, and I think it was 2012 or 13, I found Ralph's sort of uh, monologues on YouTube where he sort of reconditioned my mind. You know, I had a lot of biases and preconceived notions that were holding me back, and yeah, Ralph had that that sweet, smooth voice, kind of reminiscent of our conversation here, Mister Birmingham. You guys have some, you guys are made for broadcasting out there. You got these smooth voices. So, what what was the initial interest to broadcast? Like, what topics were you most curious to cover? Well, for me, I mean, if I jump in the DeLorean and go back even further, the tipping point, as for many, was September eleventh. Mm. 2001 so for that period from 2002 i guess up until 2010 i immersed myself into obviously the the hidden hands the the politicians the corrupt government the cabal you know the freemasons the jesuits the committee of 300 i literally headfirst dived into all of that I, I took a backseat to music and stuff because I was heavily into music and and that sort of culture and I said no <laughs> you know I, I need to figure out what on earth is going on and then from there as you know Mark it, it's that that rabbit hole it's that web <laughs> yeah. that interconnecting web of you looking at one thing and next thing you know you look, you're watching a documentary called Food Inc and you're thinking what on earth okay <laughs> So maybe I need to rethink <laughs> my dietary habits. And, you know, and you just, you start to tumble, you, you know, you go down some, some avenues and you think, oh, I wasted, a, you know, a few months here. But generally it, it sort of fortified me to the point where in 2010, I've done all this historical research, study, and general stuff on, on on the world stage in essence china europe africa the americas etc then i started looking at the the religions the various types of religions 2010 as i say rolled around and we started talking about 2012 naburu's coming etc etc mm. and i thought well I've always had some questions i've always had some questions in regards to me being a descendant of what I class prisoners of war, not slaves or Slavs. Like, should I dedicate some time to unpeel? Because if I, if I found all of this information, you know, all the lies that have been sort of propagated and then people regurgitate these lies thinking that they're facts, should I not like, you know, study to show thyself approved and actually you know test these theories in relation to my four parents migration across 
oceans to other places and then in the 50s coming over to the to great britain etc so i started to to dig into into our story or my story of sorts rather than the his story and that just again opened up and it cross-referenced many of the historical studies i've done in regards to Mr. Cologne <laughs> mm. and his crazy antics and the, the Moorish paradigm. And it's mm. like, wow, why don't people talk about the greatness of the Moorish dynasties, the, the, the multiple Moorish di- dynasties, the Iberian Peninsula, Andalusia, Granada. And then... It just started to snowball from then, snowball <laughs> from then into so many different places. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, I don't know how prevalent this group is in the UK, but there's a group in, here in the states that, through I first encountered, you know, this idea of, you know, Moorish identity, and that, you know, they're not merely, you know, these you know, victims of human trafficking that got pushed around here, there, and there, and there. Actually, there may be a a closer connection with these people to the land here in America. I remember the the black Israelites on the corner of New Haven's Green, which has always been a place where people express, you know, their First Amendment right to to free speech. And I kind of just stood around and, and listened for a little bit and heard some of the things they were saying. And it definitely registered, as you're saying, is like, well, you know, if all these other things I've been taught are lies, why wouldn't, you know, what these guys are saying have a, a shred of truth to it that's worth looking into? And sure enough, I found that, yeah, there are connections to not only African and Native American, you know, what we consider Native American and African American people to this Moorish culture. But it it seems even more so that this there was an active suppression of this culture. So Mm -hmm. maybe let's backtrack a little bit where because you're over there in Birmingham. and, And as far as I know, in some parts of mainland Europe, there's actually like this sort of mythological recognition of the Moors. You have the Moors heads that are used in some heraldry and you even have like in, in some parts of Italy, you know, this black Madonna festival where they sort of, I guess, hint at it. I don't know how publicly they acknowledge the Moors, but it's, it's myth mythologized in their, in their culture, in their day, your, your, their yearly festival. So, you know, very much so. Very much so. And then going even deeper than that, if we look at the royalty and we look at their heraldry, as you say, the, the coat of arms, etc., we see what people may consider. Well, this is the thing. Until you have the knowledge, you're just looking at images and think, oh, my God, that's a poor little, a little black African child. Maybe he was a slave or something. And you look at the, the as I say, the iconography, you look at the pictures, and in some cases, it looks quite subservient in regards to, okay, there's a well-dressed Moorish brother, should we say, and there's a man on a horse, a, a European fella. He must be in control. And then we look into the story behind the painting. It's, oh, the Moorish gentleman, he was the commander-in-chief, and he was sending that guy out <laughs> to actually go to war. Right, right. And this is this, I guess, forgotten 
role of, you know, Moorish people. And, and I guess, you know, they're kind of left under the broad category of, oh, they were just a part of the Islamic world during the Crusades. But we really don't consider the the actual members of this beyond, oh, there were Christians versus Muslims, right? I mean, that's usually how scholars talk about it, but it's far more complicated than that. Even the the journey across the ocean only happened after the Moors were, were taken out of Spain, defeated in Spain, and kind of opened up that pathway to cross the Atlantic. But we should we should start maybe backtracking a little bit. You know, you, 1492, yes indeed, sir. <laughs> because, you know, you, you've been looking at this stuff for quite a while, and I, I guess, you know, it should be important to, I don't know, start start from the beginning as much as possible because that's the tricky part yeah that's the tricky where, part where does this go back to you have some scholars and i will class them as scholars who draw the lineage of the moorish dynasty or empire back to the biblical moabites are you aware of this i've heard of the moabites i don't know much about them okay well <laughs> I don't, you see, it's a tricky one. At at some points in my journey, I totally disagreed with it. I can understand because there is, there are artifacts to back this off. There is, there is hieroglyphs apparently. Now I, or hieroglyphs as the West calls them, the, the correct terminology would be the metuneter. Now the question is, did Burgess, did he actually translate said glyphs utilizing the Rosetta Stone, which was miraculously bound with all of these different writings on them, which enabled them to then decipher? Mm. I don't think it has been deciphered personally. Yeah, that that's a good that's a good place maybe to begin here with the Rosetta Stone because that's often pushed out when you start looking in history that it's like this great miraculous anomaly of archaeology like oh well you know this was all gobbledygook to us until we found this amazing Rosetta Stone but you know when it comes to translation if there's only one person translating how do you how do you trust them? You know, I mean, or especially, you know, not just one person, but maybe a group with an agenda. And obviously the Rosetta Stone, if what they're telling us about it is true, it's only a fraction of what it once was, right? So they're yes. they're working with an incomplete sort of piece to begin with, and they're 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 basing all of these understandings of the ancient world from this I mean, you could track it all back to this, right? Without this, yeah. we don't we don't understand any of these glyphs, as they call them. Yes, very true. So that that's the foundation which everybody, scholarly wise, is standing on. Now we can. So this is where the, the, it gets tricky. There are there's Burgess and there's another Champollion was the other one. Did, did he do a a translation as well? Of the Rosetta Stone? Yeah. I'm on their Wikipedia page to, let's see if we, you know, I don't know how much we can trust this, but let's see. We have, (laughs) we have, hmm, 
doesn't see. Well, actually, sorry, not the Rosetta Stone, the hieroglyphics, the Metuneta. Burgess did the did the, the the most respected and most recognized translation of that. Okay, I'm sure there was somebody else as well that did it. Okay, but ultimately we have two people from the early 1900s who are proposing that. And let's not forget that we have access to maybe a sixteenth of the land called Egypt in Greek or Egyptos, which. Uh, natively, it would be called Emet with that role, the land of the, the blackface, maybe a translation, or the land of the Ethiopians, or another name, Timeri, mm. Al Kibalan. That's an, a, another name. And even the, the name Africa comes from what? A Roman general, right? Africanus was not yes. even an, an, a person from Africa. Appeal. Yes, indeed, sir. Yes, oh. indeed. It's it's so so. The, and the, and from an outside point of view, we say continental Africans, or this guy is from Africa. Okay, well that's a huge continent. What part of Africa? Like for instance, African Americans, as per Jesse Jesse Jackson, nineteen ninety one, with his presidential thing. That's when all of a sudden we had this term African-Americans. Now, which part of Africa are we identifying to? Where, where, where can an African-American trace their lineage through outside of utilizing quote-unquote technology, which is cool, but this DNA thing, 23andMe 20, and all of that stuff, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust the information on that with a barge pole. Hmm. You've got, who is it? An American broadcaster, CBS, MSN, whoever, 60 Minutes maybe, they did like a whole little thing about this. I'm I'm sure multiple stations have done it because I've seen the clips of it where they'll take multiple of these tests, four or five of them, and all of the tests that come back all say totally different information. But yet this all working from one database. So it's like, hmm. And then... when you look at what science says, the XY chromosomes, how, how far could we, we realistically go back to find out where people come from with the XY chromosome utilizing this technology? Carbon dating has been thrown out now. Well, like, what, what can we actually trust outside of my oral traditions? You know, the, in in the Americas specifically, there was a tradition, and I'm not too sure it's necessarily carried on today, but in the olden times, your whole lineage and stories and fables would be in the front of your, your family Bible. All the births were, were recorded, all the deaths were recorded. This is well before, obviously, the birth certificate situation. So we've, we're, we're lost in the mix and we're, we're, we're relying on certain entities and corporations to provide these missing links where sometimes it's, it, it's, it's, it's pushing us down even wider rabbit holes. Mm. Right. They, they have this narrative paradigm that now with their questionable science, they're going and trying to prop up. But as you say, you know, carbon dating has been discredited this 
genome sequencing that they use to supposedly trace, you know, where people come from going back, you know, thousands of generations. That is something that I think deserves more suspicion, you know, and it's it's really taken for granted. You know, people go and do, oh, I'm going to do a 23andMe and, oh, I found out I'm, I'm from here, here and there. And, and everybody, you know, the cliche is, oh, well, now they have my DNA. They're going to clone me. And, you know, I think there's some truth to that beyond, you know, just wanting to clone people, but there's some truth to wanting to sort of control the narrative and say like, hey, here's here's where you're from, right? Like we figured it out. We have these geniuses in lab coats who can do some fancy science that you don't understand, I don't understand, and then voila, we know your story. And yeah, it, it's 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 kind of... It, it it becomes extremely questionable when you start to find, as you say, evidence in the oral histories and even, you know, for, for what it's worth, illustrative history, you know, some of the early documents of the new world, my friend, Dr. Narco Longo down there in Florida, he's found tons of illustrations of what we're told are Native American tribes dressed in a way that seems to show that they're from other cultures or have aspects of their dress or their, their, you know, daily life that resemble African cultures or what we considered African cultures or, you know, what we would consider maybe even Chinese or Mediterranean, you know, all these different influences when the story we're given is no, everybody in America was stone age, you know, shooting bows and arrows. And then we brought all these slaves over here and, and and that's it. Those are the only types of people here, native Americans, slaves and colonists. That's it. (laughs) But it's really, it's really ludicrous when you see, you know, things like the Olmec heads or the thousands of artifacts that, you know, the archeologists just dismiss the mound sites and all the associated artifacts with those places. And and of course, the evidence of trade you have, even going back to ancient Egypt, you have pharaohs buried with new world plants, plants that only exist and grow in South and North America. And somehow these Egyptian mummies are buried with, you know, things like tobacco and, and cocaine. Yes, indeed, <laughs> indeed. And let's go one further. We have in Ireland, in, in the Emerald Isle of Ireland, we have bab- mam- mummified baboons, which have been, and other animals as well, which are in a tomb, which the fables go that a queen, I can't remember who it was, it was a, some queen empress from Clements, Egypt, came over to Ireland, and that's her burial tomb. Wow. I remember this specific name, but there is a a link with Ireland and Egypt. You can traverse this whole plane of existence, Mark, and you will find, as you know, as you you stumble across and think, well, what's that doing over there? We had a, a, a system of communication, which... We now, like what we're doing now, utilizing electricity and wires and stuff and quote-unquote technology, we had the ability to communicate without this use of technology, i.e. telepathy and those types of capabilities. I don't think that's sci-fi. I, I think that's 
That's that's actual facts because we can show and prove it in today. The closer and closer we we have relations or relationships with, i.e., your wife or your husband, your bestest friend, we can think, and the next thing you know, they're calling, or there's a knock at the door, and they're there. I was just thinking about you, Steve, <laughs> and you've just called. This is the microcosm. This is the baby elements of what I'm trying to illustrate. The hu- humanity, with the rise of technology, it's devolving us spiritually, physically in some cases as well, and emotionally. We're getting so far away from being the, uh, the bright, shining lights of energy, which is housed with this meat suit, as people call them. Like we're just dimming that potential and that opportunity to really connect with that source, that creator's force, which did it all. Right. And, right. In, and in doing that, then you then connect with the source, with nature and with the other people who are then connected. So there's no need for the verbals. We could potentially have this conversation just in our mind. Well, and that's that's part of why, you know, this idea of us as a humanity being in a sort of spiritual war right now, I think is it's gaining a lot of traction because people are are realizing, you know, yeah, there are there was this whole world we were a part of that we're now starting to lose touch with and, you know, technology is a big indication of that the direction technology is going in and, you know, if we trace back technology to the industrial revolution, you know, the birth of plastics, oils and all the things that make the internet possible, we see that that timeline is almost similar in in a sense to the timeline of this social reprogramming that you and I are starting to tear apart with this historical sort of discussion. I mean, we, we mentioned the Rosetta Stone, but another example of this was here in the, well, actually they had the first World's Fair in Europe and, and tons of World's Fairs across the world. But during this time period, they sort of rolled out the idea that, oh, well, you know, humanity has evolved through the ethnicities and, you know, the white man is the, you know, achievement of humanity. And here are the, you know, five or six or seven races of man. And yeah. they kind of put them in this order. And as you were mentioning before, like, hold on a second, we're going to call people African. Africa's gigantic. I mean, we can call people Asian, but you look at somebody from Russia and you look at someone from Vietnam and those are two totally different people and the same thing is going on in Russia whether or I'm, I'm sorry in Africa whether you're from you know uh, Morocco or Tanzania maybe you're from the Congo maybe you're from mm. Nigeria I mean there Sudan I mean there are so many different biomes environments regions yes. going on in Africa you can't just uh, homogenize them all into one and I think doing that in the same way they did to the Native Americans and, and indigenous people across the world it sort of puts these people in these broad categories and religion is is sort of in this mix as well, you know, because the missionaries were a big part of that as well. I mean, you know, maybe not totally racially motivated, but in a certain sense, it seems like, you know, it, it's, it, it goes beyond 
just wanting people to be like you. It's, it's about empire. It's about creating a control network and homogenizing people through religion and identity are, are convenient ways of getting people to fall under your hierarchy. Totally. Religion, religion comes from religio, Latin, to restrain, to hold back, to bind. I think, Mark, that indeed describes very perfectly the whole purpose of this system, this religious system. It's not to empower. Now, the ones who know, know, but there are people who can actually utilize a part of the religious system to prosper, to financially prosper, to spiritually prosper, to emotionally prosper. It's about how do we utilize the tools, Mark? I'm sitting at my table and I've got a knife and fork and I'm talking into my, my, my chicken sausages, bangers and mash. And I'm having a whale of a time. I've got my, I've got my, my, my orange juice drinking. And then a burglar, some, I get, my house gets, gets kicked in like the door and there's a guy in there. I now use that same knife and fork, which I was using to feed myself, as a weapon. So the analogy is, with everything, how are we using these tools, Mark? Are we utilizing them the right way? Have we been given the instruction manual? Cast your mind back maybe, let's see, 20 years ago. Everything you would purchase, especially you buy your new television, your VCR, there'd be a big old manual in there. In English, Dutch, Chinese, all kind of different languages in there. And before you do anything, you would read that shit. <laughs> so you can figure out how to operate this this item that you have purchased these these days where are the manuals <laughs> right where is where, where is the idea where is the foundation where are the tools that I, that are, should be afforded to you to be able to utilize the tools so you as a person can navigate this realm of existence this plane of existence, this game we call life, if we don't know the rules? Yeah. Well, and it seems like that's been the game, is to keep the rules on one team and, and restrict that team to as few people as necessary and, and have that team just dominate the rest of us, right? And, and these teams sort of form and and fight each other and they call each other, you know, Oh, you're and my enemy, but they're all governments. They're all, you know, military in some sense, but their, their ultimate objective isn't just to dominate the landscape. It's to dominate the mindscape. And I think that's kind of what you're describing with the, the manual being left out. And we see that happening at a faster and faster pace to the point where now, yeah, it's like, planned obsolescence they don't want to even teach you how to use these products because they know that they're either to make you the product or they're designed to be you know useless after a certain period so you have to buy it again yes but it's consumerism the world isn't enough i mean i was having a conversation with the empress last night and we was looking we was looking at these guys these mega yachts and all these three-story mega yachts for these 
ridiculous. At 35, listen to this, 35 million pound refurbishment, internal refurbishment of a mega yacht. When we have, we st- I mean, Mark, we're in the Gregorian year of 2023. But strangely enough, for some weird reason, Mark, we've still got people who are homeless. Now, let's not get it twisted. You know, even in a utopic society, we are still going to have people who do not want to conform and want to live outside of the box. I think that's still a very small number. But with the zombie apocalypse that took place, the transference of wealth, the rise in further corporatizations of everything, we have people who are, are totally they're spiritually broken, they're emotionally broken, they're financially done, and they're on the streets. But yeah, we can we can zoom can can post record numbers of sales and profits throughout the zombie apocalypse. Jeff Bezos can be the richest person in the world. The Tesla you Musk, he can buy Twitter and do all these stupid stuff. But yeah, wow, we've got homeless people. Food, clothing, and shelter. Hmm, let's see. Shouldn't that be the basic human rights for everybody? Apparently not, because we have the powers that should have never have been. We have these wicked beings. They're not people, Mark. These aren't people. These aren't part of humanity or even mankind. These are these are beings that have been inhabited by God knows what. Because no human being would want to do the type of things that they're doing. Destroying families destroying i mean they started they started to destroy the nuclear family a man could have a a wife two children maybe even three children he could even have a missus on the side impregnate her she could have (laughs) children and he would have one job and he would be maintaining two households mark two (laughs) old households you know, it may be like out in public of sorts, you know, that they may know about each other or it might be totally separate going, but he's living his life. He's he's earning his money. The two women are at home. You know, one of them may even have a little part-time job just to keep herself, you know, busy, quote unquote. But that wasn't, that wasn't a must. Parents now, two people who have come together in a union to create a one ship, to then bring forth life, to pay rent a child, to put everything into that child, they both now, Mark, have to work 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. They get home 24 hours in a day, remember? They get home after this long day at work. They've gone to the fast food joint to get the the little child or the kid, the baby goat, because that's what most people refer to their children as these days, kids. Hmm. They get their kids the, the takeout junk with all the GMO, the salt, <laughs> the sugars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like, hey, yo, have your McNasty's, have your, your Chick-fil-A, have all the, your Ken Dotty, all of that stuff. Go, how would that say? That's cool. And they, they're out of their, their four by four, which they're leasing. 
They get into the house, they run upstairs, and the children are straight back on their phones. They're munching. There's no conversation. There's no unpacking the day. How has your day been, Carly? You know, you're still doing that cheerleading thing. You don't have any problems at school. The teacher, there's no unpacking of anything. There's no family time. There's no getting to know who your children are hanging around with, what your children are actually going to be when they grow up. Do they have actually an opportunity to, number one, even get onto the bloody housing market? Once they spend a hundred odd thousand pounds or dollars to have an education, do they leave with those degrees with a guaranteed job or do they work as a barista in Costa Coffee? Well, we're, it's 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 totally unkilted and uneven. But yet, the masses, who unfortunately are asses, have been pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. They're like the you remember the game? Well, I mean, maybe a bit too young. Do you remember? You might have heard of Lemmings that game. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know yeah, the concept. Yeah. Off okay. the cliff, <laughs> off the flipping cliff, and they're going willingly. When I when this, I was a child when this came out, and I was thinking, what a stupid game! <laughs> like, what? Who would even like? It doesn't make any sense. Let little things jump off the flipping cliff. But this is what they're, they're pushing humanity into. Like, you only live once, Mark. Even, you know, you've got these new ages talking about, you know, transmogrification and coming back and you have multiple lives. And, you know, if you don't get it right this time, you're going to come back to learn that lesson. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I do know that within us, if you have a, a soul and a spirit, energy doesn't, it cannot be destroyed. So we're going other places, aren't we? I'm pretty sure the most I didn't put a plan in place. Like, yeah, yeah. You just repeat it like that Tom Cruise movie. And when you die, you just come back to the same thing, you know, and you just get to live it. No, there's none of that. <laughs> you know, you do your best. And trustfully, in your book of life, when you went trustfully, I say to everybody who's listening to, to the sound of my voice and our voice, if you get an opportunity to, to when your days are done, when your 20 summers, your 20 springs, your 20 winters, well, not 20, sorry, 80 at a minimum, have all gone and your physical shell is no longer here. If you get an opportunity to sit with the Most High and he looks at your book of life and he's flicking through there, you know, trustfully, you've done the things, you know, you've, you've treated others as you would like to be treated yourself. Yeah, it's that reciprocal, try and do some good, open some doors for people. I know people don't say thank you anymore, but you've got to do some good stuff in your life. It's not just about you. Oh, you know, I've got to get those, those, those Prada shoes, man, because, you know, it's, it's the latest thing. I've got to take those pictures for the old social medias. Oh, it doesn't matter about, you know, deceiving this person to get this money because I need the money, Mark. My rent's $4,000. I live in the wilderness of North America in a major capital city. And I live in a little box apartment in a high-rise block. And they're pricing us out. I'm spending 4000 And then I'm, I've got to pay my utilities on top of that. I want to look good. So I've got to spend, you know, 1000 a month on this. I've got to do, I've got to get it by any means. I don't, I haven't got time to talk to you, Mark. I don't care about you, Mark. If you're in my way, I'm going to kick you over and step on you to get where I'm going. Because it's all about me. It's not about you. 
It's not about the greater good. It's not about a community where everybody knows everybody or everybody is concerned with the welfare of that community. It's pull up in your drive, shut the door. Oh my God, we're safe. Ah, oh, I made it home, Mark. I've done my day's work. Let me, let me spend two hours on the old Twitter arguing with people and being disrespectful. And then I'm going to start looking looking after my lower self and start looking at, you know, naked women on, on the old Twitter and stuff. I mean, sorry, on the Instagram. And then, you know, I might do some drugs and then I'll go to sleep and we do it all again. <laughs> they're, they're really socially engineered us more. Yeah. I'm having anxiety over here as you're describing this because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking in the mirror right now in a certain certain interpretation of that. But I love how you you point out that you know we've only got eighty year these summers, you know, in this life. Think about it like that. You know, you only have eighty or ninety summers in your whole life, and when you think about it in that context, it really makes you, yeah, value your 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 time and your experiences, and, you know, I, I know I'm kind of a unique case for this, considering, you know, I quit my job and had decided to do a podcast full-time, which is still a struggle, especially considering I I didn't have the best foundation to start on, but yeah, it's just like, you know, hearing you say all this right now, I'm like thinking to myself, like, what do I what do I tell the audience? Support me on Patreon so I'm not having so much anxiety right now. Jeez, yeah, yeah you're right, man. It's it's a it's a it's a bleak it's a bleak reality, you know, and, and that's why talking about this stuff really charges me up, even if it's if it's, you know, kind of keeping me from looking in the mirror, so to speak, because, you know, my life's not perfect. I'm sure people can relate to that. I'm sure you can relate to that. I, as much as I hear what you're saying and, and try to be the best person, put my foot forward, you know, I can think of times this week where I was me, me, me mode, you know, in the me mode, <laughs> as I call it, mean, really it's mean mode if you really think about it, because you're, yeah, you're denying the, the life of others when you, when you, kind of fall into that vortex and you know we can't blame ourselves because we're only human and it seems like this this is a trap that's been set for us I mean not to not to use that as an excuse and and justify it but I mean really I, I wonder what you think of the so-called elites or those who are in control, the ever-present they that folks in yes. this community are always talking about. I mean, do you think that they're non-human? Do you think they're, you know, demonic or, or something like that? I w it's, it's tiers, isn't it? And it's levels. So you, we, we've got this hierarchical section already, you know, the, the top elite, the, 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 thir the, fam the 13 families, and then you've got below that the Masons, the Jesuits, etc., government, blah, 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 and then we're right at the bottom. It's the same sort of thing. I, I don't think we can, everyone, we can, like, Mr. Alfred, that that interesting, strange movie-type character, Plucks directly from James Bond, the guy that used to stroke the little white cat. Oh, yes, Mr. Bond. <laughs> 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 Ooh, 
we don't know what she's going to do because we've got, you know, Miss Moneypenny, she's one of our agents, you know? Like, there are humans and, and mankind who they think... Just like, like, let's let's take it back to like on a local level, outside of what we're talking about, and this relates perfectly. We see, we step out, and we see within our community, we see people who are down and out. We see, you know, the, the whole spectrum of humanity. And once we get to the, once we look at the, the more successful ends of that spectrum of humanity, we say, okay, well. How do I, like, where do I fit in here? Do I, do I just want to be comfortable, be able to pay my bills, blah, blah, blah? Or do I want to be celebrity? Do I want people to know who I am? Do I want lots of money and all this kind of stuff? So then it's a case of, well, how do I align myself with that, that goal? Can I physically go and talk to those people? Do you know, can I, is there something that I can bring forth which will enable this, this, Caduceus relationship to be formed, like because it can't be just be, you know, a one-way thing. It has to be a fair exchange, right? I can't go to this millionaire guy and say, "Look, I want to be a millionaire as well. Give me the secret. I've got to give him something as well." So you have people who are just normal everyday Joes who know that look to to, to mingle with this 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 group or to get access to these trinkets should we say these promise to pay the bearer federal notes or pounds sterling i'm gonna have to compromise who i am now at the top i still think they're people that's not i'm not going into 1990s david ike shape-shifting reptilians they're inhabited mark they're inhabited by negative spirits, demons, ghouls, however we want to phrase it, through the evolution of language. We used to call those, which is a very new term, we used to call them dragons and all kind of stuff, all this mystery fairy tale stuff. It sounds cool and it's fun to look at and stuff, but these all have roots in reality. And as I say, the, 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 the changing of language and words and the evolution of language. But ultimately, we have beings that are floating around now just waiting to inhabit people's bodies to do all kind of wickedness. And I'm not saying that there's, there's, there's spirits, there's good spirits, and they want to inhabit your body to do good stuff. No, because why would they do that? Hmm. Anything that's doing, any kind of inhabitation, anyone who is trying to in my opinion, commune with dead spirits. You, you're opening up doors which you should not even be trying to open up. Because what's to say that you innocently, oh, I'm going to go see Mystic Meg because, you know, my grandma, I really miss my grandma and, you know, we didn't necessarily, I wanted to tell her things, I didn't get an opportunity. And we, we all have those things. We've all, we've all got lost last ones who we would love to have a final conversation to or with but what's to say you go to mystic meg and there's azazel <laughs> the, the head demon just hmm. 
You still there? We missed that last word you said. You said Azaziel. Can you hear me? Am I back? You're back. I can yes. hear you. I, okay. I lost you after you said Azaziel, yes. curiously yes. enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in the guise. He comes in the guise of your loved one asking or, or saying things that sound familiar to you. And you're now having this conversation with who you think is your loved one, but yet this is a demon having a deceptive conversation, opening up connections directly to the physical realm. It's a very, very dangerous game when we start to we start to really start to unpeel the layers. For some, this is my God, Nobles on some crazy stuff now. Mark, what, what have you got this guy talking on? Inhabiting people's bodies. <laughs> oh yes, indeed. Oh yes, and there is there is documented evidence of this. There are fables of this. There are stories. There are movies about this kind of stuff. Mm. It's it it's there. It's it, we can't ignore it. We can't ignore it when we can even maybe draw back on personal experience with people. And this is this is like a a, a mini episode of sorts where, oh my god, Dave, that's totally out of character. We were out last night and you was doing all kind of stuff. Yeah, I had sixteen pints and I was drinking that tequila and I was messed up. Oh, so you had spirits, you had the alcoholic spirits within you. That could be an answer. That could be an answer to it. Or indeed, Dave's just at a spiritually low level enough where it's it's easy to commune and to potentially inhabit. And once they get a little taste of it, you know, you could have multiple jump-ins. You could be, you know, this spirit one month and... The other month, you're four other spirits. Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 that it, it has to be. It has to be that the people are not evil. There are we evil and wicked people, but I, I don't think they're all going to be on mass. Okay, let's all club together. <laughs> let's all you know. Let's you know. Of course, there's you know a conspiracy is what it's it's to get together and plot in secret to to put forth a plan. There's conspiracies are done all, all of the time. A theory? What is a theory? It's someone maybe hypothesizing, someone putting one on one together. And in mathematics, when you do that, in, in the in the true sense of mathematics, not the new where it can mean anything, it means it equals two, doesn't it? So if you've got a piece of evidence, you've got someone saying something, and then later on it happens then you can draw a direct correlation. Well, wait a minute. They said Nord Stream, and that's going to get, that's not, and then next, and then it gets blown up. It was them, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and and essentially what I'm I'm hearing is how important it is to maintain your, your spiritual health. But, you know, the troubling 
notion with that, and I'm sure people here on the My Family Think Some Crazy podcast listening to this, they, they've heard stuff like that before, Noble. So I understand the clarification, but I do think that we're all on board with you when you say that, you know, it's possible that certain entities go and try to possess people. I mean, there's a chance we've even had a guest or two on this show that have, you know, fallen to that. I, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past one of one or two of them. I'll just say that. But when it comes to our spiritual health, the troubling part is that through this religion, as you say, religio, which means to restrict, they've restricted us from a true understanding of what it even means to be spiritually healthy. I would argue you need to belong to a community in order to feel spiritually healthy. You need to have people supporting you and, and also support others. And and as you described with this sort of erosion of the the family dynamic, it's pretty clear now how that's affecting people. And, and yeah, maybe that is to sort of create this mass of people who are susceptible to this sort of possession and you know, it, it it sounds far-fetched until you realize that there are secret groups conspiring to do these sorts of rituals where they let themselves out of their body and replace it with, you know, an, another yes. consciousness, right? And, I mean, obviously we sort of got into the historical sort of hidden history aspects of all of this earlier, but I, I believe that this is all connected because those same yes. groups that practice those rituals are working to control the narrative and control what we think of as history. Well, look at Benjamin Franklin. It was so shocking, <clears throat> pardon self, to learn that he came over to old England quite frequently. Mm. And he was also a member, as you were aware of, of the, the good old fashioned Hellflyer Club. Hmm? <laughs> right. And what were they doing in the old Hellfire Club? Because it has been excavated and there has been how many bones <laughs> of various different male, female, young, old that have been found there? Underneath the, the Hellfire Club? Yeah. Wow, wow. I've heard, see now, maybe this is a part of how they, they you know, covered the story and made the the Hellfire Club kind of part of it. Maybe they downplayed it because I, I remember the story being presented as, oh, Benjamin Franklin's former home was exhumed. Maybe, I mean, maybe his home served as the headquarters for this club or at least a, a spot where they met up and did stuff. But yeah, they, they presented it as being underneath his home. Now, maybe it was the case that he had bodies there too i mean geez wow that's crazy so the hellfire club that's in london right yes indeed wow. sir yes indeed and it is more than i mean i don't i don't believe but i don't believe anything anymore i i i have to know it it's as simple as belief belie we're getting pretty simpler, simple and, and pretty similar in regards to what we're talking about. I just, when we look at synchronicity and we look at this coincidence kind of thing, that's what I generally utilize. The synchronicity of these, the number games that they like to do, the blood moons, the full moons, the half moons, the waning moons, 
the geomantria sort of gameplay that takes place. It's these signs and symbols that they 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 present to the masses, <laughs> where the decoders, the ones who has the eyes to see and the ears to hear, they're like, wait a minute, eleven eleven, two two two, three three three, <laughs> numbers that add up to thirteen, mm-hmm. forty four. Why are all these numbers? Why, why, why? What's with the, the fascination with having events and people dying on these specific numbered days and stuff? Like, wh- what are they trying to achieve? Why on earth are they trying to? Why have they got the Hydron Collider and trying to simulate, replicate? The quote-unquote Big Bang Theory, in in capital letters, a theory, (laughs) conspiracy theory, why would they try and do that? Haven't there been reports, confirmed and unconfirmed, but I've heard multiple reports, when they first turned that on, they were talking about dimensions and stuff happening and stuff. wasn't obviously in the main mainstream, shame stream mainstream media. But... It took place. Things happen. The crazy ritual with was it Kalima, and the the, the these people they they're out of their cotton picking minds. <laughs> they, they really are, and the the, the the sheeple are sitting there with their mouth open, dribbling, hypnotized by the flicker rate of the television. <laughs> That's cool. That is. <laughs> we, we can. There's, there's no God, Mark. There's no gods because the scientism community, the religion now known as scientism, they've proved it with this Hadron Collider thing, the Higgs boson particle, right? And you smash things together, and then from nothing, right? The, the whole world happens, and then we get, for some crazy reason, we get a single cell organism, a single cell organism, and for some crazy reason, evolution, quote unquote, it becomes to create itself into a tadpole and then it crawls onto the beach and it grows legs and then from there millions of years we have monkeys we have homonyms with all fur and stuff and then one of them decided mark and one day you know what i don't like walking around like this anymore let me put my back straight and then we get <laughs> we get this evolution theory of man coming from monkeys, and then we get the first the first bone, the first skeleton, which is Lucy. I think there's an older male found now in South Africa, and these are homonyms, Mark. Mm. These aren't Homo erectus rectus. These are not what we are, and they're saying, and they're claiming that this is the first man or first woman and he's deaf from Africa. That's what they're saying. Right. I want, I want to see an anatomically perfect human being. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're, that's where we're talking about. I don't care about millions of years. I don't like to throw it out there. I don't think humanity has a start date per se or a necessarily end date so what, what, what do I mean, Noble? What I mean is I think humanity is possibly millions of years old and we haven't changed. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're told by this same group of people that, you know, ascent- 
they essentially call their, you know, their roots go back to this time period that Benjamin Franklin was a part of and the groups that Benjamin Franklin helped form, like the American Philosophical Society and, and all of these Ivy League institutions like Yale, which Benjamin Franklin received an honorary degree from. I mean, these are the institutions that pushed forward eventually this I'd agree, preposterous idea that we evolved from this other, what we can maybe call species of homo whatever, right? So yes. homo erectus, rectus, I mean, who who knows if it's Lucy or if her name's Sally. I mean, we're told that we come from these beings that, again, are, are like the, what were once called dragons, now called yes. dinosaurs, you know, we're led to believe that, oh, okay, because man is at its highest peak of intelligence, now we have the tools to discern that, no, these are not dragons, these are dinosaurs, right? And it's this, like, it's this patting ourselves on the back, like, oh, look at how much we've achieved. Meanwhile, any historian can tell you that, you know, the past 200 years have been, I don't know, more genocide and destruction than maybe, I don't know, the what we think of as the Dark Ages, at least, and probably even going back further, you see less and less of these, you know, major destructions. I mean, typically warfare was not as, as brutal, right? I mean, people were fighting each other with handheld weapons. They didn't have the ability to wipe out a whole city in, in one push of a button, you know? Well, we have to question that. I'm sure you've seen the documentary or and the multiple other little spin-offs. Nuke was it? Nuclear missiles aren't real or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Well aware of all that. I <laughs> I, I think I think the radiation stuff is, is definitely questionable, but you know, they, they we we've all seen destruction. Yeah, we've all seen videos of explosions, you know. I mean it's it's clear that they have the ability to level a city, whether, you know, with a bomb or with tanks, I mean, and even mm -hmm. troops now, the one man can, you know, do so much impact comparatively 100, 200 years ago when they were fighting each other with, you know, muskets, muskets. and swords. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it's, and I guess England has a huge part to play. Well, if we, okay, let's talk about history again. Let's go back into the history elements of it. So, the wilderness of North America, as I call it, the Americas, the new world, the promise of religious freedom, Mark, and uh, you can get away from the tyrannous reign of the monarchies within not only Great Britain, but in Europe. So what happened was we had lots of English, well, UK, British, and Europeans who said, you know what? I'm sick of these, these, the sheriffs, them, they're coming around every week and they're taking all my stuff and, you know, and then you've got the religious guys, the Protestants and, the, you know, all those guys, the reformate, ref, reformers, etc. Yeah, we're not down with this Roman Catholic Church stuff. We're not, no, Church of England. Oh, no, no, no. So the ones who had money, they set sail and paid and went over to New World to try and find a new life. It was the land of milk and honey. But that's that's the that's the shiny part of it. The ugly side to it was that you had very, very poor people in Europe and Great Britain. And they had to sell themselves into servitude. 
to get to the new world. And generally, that was for 12 years. They could be a bond man or a bond woman. And then you also had criminals, bandits, orphans. And these places said, we don't want you people here. You are scurved to society. So you can go to the new world and cause havoc there. So what we have, what we have is a mixture of religious zealots, quote unquote, criminals, convicts, bandits, orphans, and serfs all come into the new world looking for freedom. And who do they come across? As Christopher Cologne, his diaries say, when he shipwrecked in the Caribbean, he saw people who looked like Ethiopians with dreadlocks. <laughs> So they saw those people and they killed them, didn't they? They killed them, they robbed them, they did all kind of stuff, they cheated them out of land and all kind of stupid stuff, man. The, the smallpox, the blankets, lie. I think the disease did definitely wipe them out, but I don't think they... Well, you know what? That could be... See, this is the 50-50, because nothing's 100% guaranteed because we don't have the DeLorean anymore. Marty and Duck's got it, so we can't verify this. But they could have indeed did the first form of, you know, poisoning chemical warfare, knowing that, you know, they have a different constitution. And if they can introduce a disease which hasn't been present, then that could cause a lot of damage. And then we we fast forward from, you know, the, 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 the Americas, the Caribbean, the Caribbean, the West Indies, and we go to Brazil and we go to Texas and, you know, we get, we go to the Eastern seaboard, Jonestown, et cetera, et cetera. And we then get a situation where the world isn't enough now in regards to this new, the, the, the new, the new world. Like we want more lands. Like, you guys were just running around here, you know, doing your thing. You, you're building these mounds. You've got two to three-story buildings, even though history allegedly says that they were just had TPs and stuff. There were three-story buildings prior to colonial rule, prior to Christopher Cologne or Columbus arriving. They mashed all of that down, and then they said, you know what, we're... We're gonna change. We're gonna change designations of people. So if you've got two dollars, we can redesignate you an Indian, Mister European man and family. So you pay us two dollars. You're now an Indian, and guess what? We've got sixteen acre parcels of land to give to Indians because you know we 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 came here, we killed a lot of them, and we just want to make things right, Mark. You know we're not that savage. You know, we've got the gold, we've dug all the gold out, we've got dug the tin out, we've dug the silver out, killed and in, in made them prisoners of war and stuff. And, you know, we want to give them back now. We want to give them back parcels of land. So they came in in, in swathes. Yeah, I'm an Indian. Chief, Chief Victor. That's my name. And they gave them all this land. And then we fast forward. And then we we see pictures, you Google pictures of, you know, Native Americans and you go to these reservations and we see two different types of people. We see more European type looking people. We even see blonde hair, blue eyed Native American Indians. 
And even in like Beverly Hills, what is it? The Beverly Hills Housewives or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, um, I've got Native American blood in me, you see. You know, I know about what it is to be, to be a minority. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And they've got dream catchers and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But this is, and America is what, 400 odd years old, right? About, yeah, well, 1776 would give us about 350 years. 350, okay. So, you know, pretty new nation, huge mega power, but ultimately I reside in the brains of the beast mm. while you reside in the belly of the beast. Mm. Yeah. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. I speak English, whereas you speak American English because <laughs> right. that. They had to make it a little bit different, like a, a pocketbook. We don't have pocketbooks. We have wallets, <laughs> you know, <laughs> slacks and pants. You right. can put your pants on, Mark. Oh, pants for us means underwear, like your boxer shorts and stuff. Mm. <laughs> like it, it's wonderful. And this is the wonders, Mark, of humanity. We have spoken about a lot of, you know, real crazy stuff, but at the same time, don't you think it's such a beautiful time to be alive? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've been thrilled this whole conversation because, you know, here in the States, I don't have a lot of opportunities to, to speak with people from, you know, different countries. Yale's kind of international and I'm not too far from there, but they're, they're all head in the books, you know, at Yale. So it's great to talk to, to you and get your perspective on all of this, as you say, from the brains of the beast. I love that. And I, I've had that suspicion for a while, you know, Yale, Harvard, the Ivy Leagues, they seem to be, you know, international and not loyal to the United States. And, and it definitely feels like they're sort of the recruiting grounds for the beast. And I'm sure the same is, is true over there with Oxford and Cambridge and, and so on. So yeah, it's, it's very curious, you know, going back to what you said earlier about possibility that they realized, Oh, we can, you know, inoculate these people to something that they're not going to have the same immunity for mm -hmm. that, that we've talked about a bunch on this show. One case that's really, you know, easy to see is, hogs i mean you see these hogs all over the new world and those were not you know in, in what's the right word in endemic to the new world they were brought over here and the spanish yes. talk about how you know the the pigs and the hogs were used twofold so one you can leave them in a place and know that okay they're gonna keep you know, fornicating. And if I come back here in five years, there's still going to be hogs. I could, sh you know, shoot them and eat them, whatever. It's mm. a food source that's kind of continuous. But B, the hogs would essentially have this sort of warfare, you know, that they were used for where they would, you know, destroy any agriculture going on because they're rooters, you know, they like to dig things up and eat, you know, so they'd go and, and tear up all these indigenous gardens and then also they have all of these that come with them, you know, these bacterias that, again, it's like a, if you're not uh, accustomed to this, your immune system hasn't seen that before, you're going to 
develop some pretty nasty sicknesses. So they were using hogs as a sort of chemical warfare. And then another case that's interesting, my friend Lauren Jeffries, who's an author and Native American traditionalist, he says that he's found evidence that the Chinese actually came through the Mississippi a while ago. I don't, I think it was around, you know, 1000 to 1100 AD around that time period and they around the Bering Straits when the, the crossing across the Bering Straits right right and, and they yeah. they you know went all the way around South America and up the actually I think they went the northern passage down past Canada and yes. along the east coast and then around Florida there's evidence of Chinese ships around Florida but he says they went up the Mississippi River and possibly did the mound building culture with smallpox because around that time, you know, the, the mound builders mysteriously disappear and, yes. you know, the Chinese had smallpox for at least a thousand years by then. And they actually were some of the first people to figure out how to like use a scab of a smallpox to yes. like inoculate someone so they would build up an immunity so they knew about this and how it worked mm. <clears throat> well, this, there are some people who hypothesize that the majority of the today's um, I guess semi-true Native Americans are the result of that of that migration Right. Through the, the 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 ice sheets, etc., they came down, and it was like, see, this is where, and I think we will we'll catch this up on on, on a part two, maybe. I think we'll get into them the the real meat of this is the conflict. There is a massive conflict in regards to okay, well, who who were the who were or and who are the Native American Indians? Phenotypically, what 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 would they look like? Because when we see the depictions, Washington Redskins, for instance, which is quite insensitive, but it, it it's supposed to dictate, denote, sorry, visually, a red Indian, copper coloured races of the Americas, Merriam-Webster's dictionary. What does copper look like? <laughs> copper comes in various shades, right, Mark? Mm. You get a brand new copper coin, which has just been minted. That's going to look very shiny, ready brown, right? Ruddy. Mm. After a period of time, what color does that coin look? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a di- it, it's a dynamic and a dichotomy which we really need to fully unpack because. Again, there are within nations, within tribes, there are different phenotypes within that, if that makes sense. Mm, so like, we're not going to have one set of, of, you know, of Indians that all look generally the same. We, we can see now, take outside the, the $2 Indians who bought their way into that sort of lineage. We have a... And no disrespect if anyone takes it this way, but a more a Chinese mongoloid looking Native American. Mm. And we have, again, imagery. And this is where, again, it gets messy because we know based upon the, the logs that 
Native Americans apparently took African, and I'm saying that with, with commas, prisoners of war and had them work on their sort of allotted land, etc. That indeed could be a possibility. But as we alluded to reference to the, the, the Moorish paradigm, and when we look at, you know, the West Indies, the Caribbean islands and the Caribbean Sea, named after who? The Carib Indians. Now, apparently, Mark, they've also been wiped off the place of the earth. You don't see Carib Indians anymore. The only Indians you will see who are supposed to be indigenous to the West Indies will be Tainos, and they're also in South America as well. Mm. I, I refute that totally. And also the Arawaks were supposed to have been wiped out as well. Show me the evidence. Mm. Show me the ev- evidence as per the, the diaries. The people, the people in those islands, the people in South America, Central America, in the Americas, there were a combination of people who looked just like me and a combination of people who look just like the, the prototypical Native American Indians. Mm. The, the Caribbeanians are still there. They're still on all of those various islands, but they've just been redesignated. Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends growing up, he's a Puerto Rican. His father's Puerto Rican. And that's exactly how I would describe him. You know, he could grow an Afro dreadlocks if he wanted to, but he has, you know, sort of a more, I would say, kind of lighter complexion and maybe features that aren't exactly as what you would consider from the continent of Africa. So it is interesting the way you describe that because, yeah, the the Puerto Rican, for the most part, you know, uh, outside of the ones that live in Puerto Rico, I mean, they've all kind of migrated to new england and new york like they all live up here in the north and that's interesting because you know a lot of the native americans that i've learned about that were here in new england they were not like some isolated group there was a whole nation stretching from maine to florida and down to the caribbean islands and they were trading things you know all the way back and forth and knew about one another and yeah we we really need to abandon these kind of notions of what was here beforehand because you know they had a political and religious sort of bias towards what they were what they were were encountering you know and the farther we go back the more transparency it seems there is i mean i've seen in indications or stories from guys like Thomas Harriet, who describes the Susquehanna people and you know mm. other interesting Native Americans that stand out that seem to have you know features that you know resemble cultures from what we're told is the old world, right? And yeah, we're kind of getting into the 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 meat of that now. But I definitely want to have you back on for part two and really parse through all of this. You know, we kind of just yes. jumped. Yeah. We had a free, we had a kind of a free fall, but I think it was good to kind of set the table of sorts because I think, again, on the part two, we can look at more detail about, for instance, the Iroquois Confederacy. Mm. You, you, you're aware of that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that in itself 
is like a five part sort of <laughs> conversation kind of thing because people are just so unaware of the the complex nature and the coexistence of these multiple nations coming together under that equation confederacy you know which was broken as well <laughs> not by them it, it 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 really shines a light and changes the whole paradigm of what you think america is and what you think the structure is and lastly we have the power they they are powerless without us putting the power into i promise to pay the bearer with, with us Allowing police, because in England we we're policed by consent. Now, mm. let's let that sink in for a moment. We are policed by consent, but because the masses who are unfortunately been trained to be asses, they don't know this. They don't know their rights as a flesh human being. Never mind their straw man in the all caps. They have no idea. They have no idea once they get to a certain tax bracket, if they had any damn sense, they would create a trust. Now, I'll leave it there because we'll go down another another <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's, that's interesting considering that the secret societies at Yale, at least Skull and Bones, has a trust backing it up. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Now, there's so much more we can talk about. Noble, this has been a really great opportunity. One, to, to meet you, make this friendship. And I do hope to have you back on the show times to cover this. Because yeah, I think it's a, a conversation that needs to be had. And a lot of my audience seems to love this stuff. And, and as you know, I'm working on a project uh, kind of a historical narrative investigation into skull and bones in the Ivy Leagues. And yeah, this this conversation fits into that as well. But I just, before we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity to let people know where they can follow up with you, where they can find your show and, and the content you create. Indeed. Thanks very much. Yeah. The best place best place i guess content wise all all major podcast platforms i think the only thing i'm not on is maybe deezer and is it is that the right pronunciation mm. deezer and tidal so anything else podcast addict i would highly recommend everybody download podcast addict and have that specifically for your podcasts slowed them all up there excellent interface i've been using them since 2010 and they've gone from leaps and bounds i'm this i'm not i'm not sponsored by them but, but you know if they want to get in touch by all means we can sort something out but that is an excellent platform i'm on the old boob tube i have to obviously mind my p's and q's because this is no longer a open source platform which once was creators like ourselves and many greats before us enabled us to get this information and get to the point where we are now and they have built up a, a wonderful platform and now they are totally destroying it by keeping people from asking questions you can't ask a question anymore Mark. it's against the rules that's hate mm. oh if you ask that question my old noble ooh, ooh, <laughs> that's hate speech that goes against the community guidelines you're not going to even be monetized if you even have that capability. We're, we're going to shadow ban your account even further. So, yes, the old boob tube, it shoots, rumble, that automatically uploads to there. I don't necessarily necessarily, I'm on that that much. But, yeah, 
and go to the main places. And it's CFR Network across all the yes. all the platforms. Right on. CFR Network. Well, if you want to look into the sports side, I mainly focus on mixed martial arts, a little bit of boxing. So if you want to look at the sporting element, it's CFR Sports. But if it's these kind of conversations and the CFR Network across all platforms, social media-wise, it's the Noble One Eighty Seven, Twitter or Tweeter as I call it, and uh, Instagram, or alternatively CFR News on Instagram as well. Right on, right on. Well, folks, please go and support Noble. He's doing great work. And, dude, great conversation. I love this. And I re- I just want to reiterate the point that you made that's really stuck with me, that, that you know, we're not talking about slaves. We're talking about prisoners of war and, and, and prisoners of war who who are, you know, victims of a war that's still ongoing. And I I would argue that we're all sort of debt slaves. And and by that, you know, definition, then we're all prisoners of war. If we don't start to, you know, wake up and realize we've been enslaved in this, you know, false reality, this false ideology of, of what we what we've been restrained into, right? This, this false paradigm. So Noble, this is fantastic. Folks, please go and support CFR Network. Check them out wherever you tune in to podcasts. I use Podcast Addict whenever I'm listening to audio, so I second that. If Podcast Addict wants to sponsor both of us, please get in touch. <laughs> and uh, everybody who knows a thing or two, I mean, Podcast Addict is the best. So anyways, folks listening, thank you for tuning in and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now. All right. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. That was our conversation with Noble from CFR Network. That's sports and news. Talking about MMA, talking about what's going on in the world from a fresh and clear perspective. I will be talking to Noble again very soon, so uh, stay tuned and look forward to that. As far as... uh, promos plugs and all that good stuff i gotta give a big shout out to the hit kit he sent me recently another new hit kit and also he's up the stakes until 420 you can get 25 percent off that's right 25 percent off of all purchases of the hit kit you can go on instagram at the hit kit or go to hitkit.us and if you use the promo code crazy420 you get a 25% discount and that expires on the 21st so you could use it on 420 hook up your friends your significant other with a 420 gift with the hit kit brought to you by my family thinks I'm crazy you get custom designs you can even get uh yeah like say your friend or your significant other and get their name on it on a hit kit uh, garrett sent me a hit kit with mftic on it for my family thinks i'm crazy so uh, but that's about it for today's episode folks be sure to support the show on patreon support the show on substack on rockfin and of course check out the store we got merch we got the ko-fi store with a new pdf available scene edition three so go and pick that up today and that's all thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now so, um, we've had a good couple of weeks
weeks of shows. You know? Mark is doing a great job, even yeah. though he drives me fucking nuts yeah. sometimes. He's great. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Good job, Mark. You can call uh, me Mark Palmer. Mark Palmer's cool. Mark Palmer's... It's a beautiful day to be alive. Motherfuckers. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. That's all I gotta say. I don't think it's about money. I think they have so much. It's just about... It's a spiritual war, dude. It's so much farther. There's more power with spring flowers than pseudo-intellectuals filled by hate with the face hour. When it comes to the hour of reckoning, recollect, reconnect with days happening. Yeah, are you frowning or laughing? Are you making the brain or barely passing? Caught in the asinine like the afterlife. Obsessed with darkness after you master light. Cause it's faster than a blink. When it's a bastard latched to the clank, clang, the money don't mean a damn thing. Think happiness ain't coming from the bank, dang. I'm out here daydreaming. The spirit's the egg, the self is the semen. Uh, and that's cause life is the child. And it takes a village to give it the illest style. So, if your family think you crazy, mm, and you ain't got a village, I know you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin'. Exactly, dude. You get it, bro. You're so smart, everybody. You're so smart. Feel like I'm waking up for the first time. Crusty's on my third eye, but I'm back to the grind. Pop the blinds open, let the sun shine. Feel it on my skin like it's been sometimes. Sometimes depression got me flaking like Sisyphus. Others got me messing with mania like Icarus. And meditation helps with the sickness. Some say it's human condition, but it just isn't. There's more power in spring flowers. The circular thoughts that leave the mind devoured. Blurred lines between reality and fiction. And some politicians get dirtier than dishes. But for a minute, just forget about the government. I'm looking at you and I and where the love went. Cause we don't need a fucking village full of cynics. Need a family to foster a life worth living if it isn't. And your family think you crazy. Yeah. And you ain't got a village. I know you always got a place here. Come kick it, we chillin', yeah. I'm a conspiracy boy. Motherfuckers. That's all I gotta say. Mark Palmer's cool. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you?